everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. just watching videos <laughs> I don't know why I just it's a live of Chloe on TikTok I opened my Instagram just as we went live why why did I do that you're so um, bored with my chat um okay let's get off this yeah Emma's Emma's shit chat her chat Emma <laughs> lol Emma how's your how's your Jubilee bank holiday weekend going so far well, I mean, so far, we say this every time, right? But we don't really get bank holidays. So, so far, it's not started yet. But after this live, Amelia is coming to Dundee for the first time ever. So she's coming to stay until tomorrow. And what are you guys going to do in Dundee? Oh, well, I've got it all. I've got it all planned out. Greg's coming down. Oh, my God. Stop. They don't know who Greg is. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like we do, right? Greg's our accountant. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> so Greg's coming for dinner and then we're going for dinner uh and then we'll probably just do what I was on the verge of being like why but then I'm like no that just sounds really rude <laughs> oh just because we're mates oh yeah you are actually aren't you I forgot you've known each other since like uni or something no <laughs> not uni but uh it was ages ago but he went to school with my ex and then she was just like that's- oh, I know someone who does accounts, and I was like, no, all right. He's very easygoing. We're very lucky we have such an easygoing, chilled-out accountant. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Especially That's- with what happened with my accounts this year. That's why we're taking him for dinner. <laughs> I do- Oh, I do remember, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if that was you or Amelia that messed that up. Oh, it's both of us. It was both. So there was, like, a lot for him to do. In your head like when it comes to finances and taxes and stuff you build it up to be this huge thing but I mean it's happened to everyone this is for people who are self-employed or run their own business no one else will understand this but just going to HMRC and saying I fucked up this is what I've done and they're always like okay here are the options there's always options like you're never the first person that's fucked up do you know what I mean well that's a very different experience to what I've had Oh, really? They've never yeah, been like, oh, we've had, I mean, I'm not going to bore everyone with this, but like the stuff we've had with EIQ where like they shut our business, then we were trying to pay tax, they wouldn't let us I pay tax, and like, yeah, all this like stuff happened, and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Like, I, I find it's very hard to get a straight answer from them. And so even have, for things I like, I this didn't is know relevant. That they had the power to shut down your business. Well, it was company's house, but then that obviously means you can't pay tax on a business that doesn't exist. So company tests didn't have what they needed to have. I mean, I mean, or, or did it, are you sure Greg didn't drop the ball here? Are you rewarded? It wasn't. Greg it was Amelia's it? old accountant. Greg okay. would never drop the ball. But <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, this sounds like something your accountant should have handled and you're taking him for dinner. <laughs> no, no, no. Greg wouldn't do that. Greg would never do that, guys. That's my plans for the weekend. What are yours? I'm going... <laughs> I have to drive to the hospital after this to go get more bloods done. 
and then I think I'm going to be man down for the rest of the day because are you still feeling <laughs> yeah I've got I'm not good yeah I'm not good I'll get there I'll get there it's that I know exactly what I need to do and I've I just need to you know the, I've already started the process of doing it but I've got more what, so surprisingly do. enough just eating apricots 24 7 didn't work like do you know what's so annoying people are like oh People are like you need to take Spartone and you should be having this. And I'm like, do you really think, like, please think about who you're talking to? Do you really think that I don't already know exactly what I should be doing and I'm already doing it? It's just it didn't work for me. It just didn't work. I just, it's not strong enough. It's pregnancies, you know, <laughs> it, you just learn that your body just does what it wants to do and you have to respond, but you, it's really hard. Like, but I just, yeah, I've, I've, everything I had to do, I did for months. And it just was like drop, 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 drop. And it was kind of okay until Sunday. And then it wasn't okay anymore. And now it's like just not great. And I just need to deal with it. So that's today. So today's going to be, I'm going to be man down. Um, and then tomorrow, I don't have any plans because I'm lonely and bored. And then on Sunday, the I'm going away. Yeah. James is always away. It's so queen. Yeah, he's going to go see the Queen, though. He's, I don't know what he's... Oh, he's going to Epsom races? Exactly. I don't know. I really don't know. But at this point, I'm just like, oh, I could have, like, the resentment that, like, we've moved to the middle of nowhere and and he's just never home. I'm like, I will kill you. I mean, it's... Uh, it's it's I, not long now, though, is it? No. If I didn't Back have... smoke. If I didn't have anemia, he'd be dead and buried in the garden by now. <laughs> If I could throw a punch, he'd be down. Um, okay, so let's get to the quizzes. Do we have anything on the live? Janet saying, good morning. Hope you're both feeling better today. And the consensus is, no, not really, but thank you. <laughs> Emma lost her voice yesterday. Got it back today, but still feels ill. <laughs> yeah. We're in hell. It's fine. We'll get through it. Oh, mine's so mild I'm not even in hell I kind of just wish it would be like bam three days of hell and then I'm better but no mildly unwell do you feel worse at night and in the mornings no okay I don't know what's wrong with you maybe <laughs> go to the doctor yeah maybe okay Katie Baxter hello round five for me and this has been by far my best round yet yay everything god round five I just love our clients. I just love your buy-in. Um, this has been by far my best round. Everything seems to have suddenly clicked into place for me. Thank you. It also goes to show how much time it can take to overcome deeply ingrained bad habits, even when you know what to do. So the support on the behavioral side has been so, so helpful. Random question. I've noticed my allergies haven't been too bad this year. Previous year's hay fever has been awful to the extent where I've had to take time off work. Is there any evidence that improving my health and fitness can reduce my allergy symptoms? Not that I'm aware of, but Emma might know more. It wouldn't surprise me just because you're a healthier person. Yeah. I also think like, so I think it can improve allergies in some people. I'm certainly not saying the reason you have allergies is because you're unhealthy, but I think that for some people it can improve because they're living a healthier lifestyle, for sure. When I say for sure, I don't mean for sure because I actually have never looked this up. <laughs> Potentially. But maybe you have got allergies. Maybe that's why. I've never had allergies before, but, yeah, but I, I've had one summer where I had hay fever and then never got it, never got it since, never got it again. It was bizarre. 
maybe that is what you thought um maybe i really like that um that question though or what that question but also the point about it taking time yeah and like you can look at this in two ways like it does take time but there are also people and i've spoken to a lot of people this week that feel like they will never have a good relationship with food or they'll never feel a certain way or they'll never achieve long-term fat loss and yet they're still kind of looking for these quick fixes yeah but realistically and I really like the saying something like most of us overestimate what we can achieve in like six weeks eight weeks but underestimate what we can achieve in a year and you can feel completely different and be in a completely different headspace in a year which in the grand scheme of things isn't actually that long and that time is going to pass anyway if you really like knuckle down and do these things and what five rounds is a is that a year no it's not a year but anyway like six months nearly yeah well I mean it's not nearly is it oh no it's not is it hang on yeah but it's it's a decent amount of time to make change five rounds of eight weeks around it's 10 months isn't it no no I'm not I'm not you've got five rounds of eight weeks oh maybe it is (laughs) what's five times eight it is 10 months right I'm getting five times eight 40 weeks right so 40 weeks and there's 52 weeks in the year so it is yeah it's not it's not far off basically it's um yeah uh, yeah it, it, it that that's a but the fact also I just love the fact that you recognize that and you stuck with it and you saw that the hurdles that you were facing were very much your hurdles to I don't want to say jump, but, you know, lie flat. <laughs> also, like, 40 weeks to change your life isn't a long time. I know. No, that's the thing. You're completely right. In the grand scheme of things, in the big picture, I just thought of an analogy of, like, okay. the quick fix, you jump the hurdles. So you think of how quickly you would do that. And then it's like, actually, if you do the long way around, you walk to each hurdle and you gently place it flat on the ground. It's going to take you double the time, but you get rid of the hurdles and they're not there. You don't have to jump them again. As a hurdler, I feel <laughs> triggered by that. I don't like it. No, I do. I do actually quite like it. There was some poem that I shared ages ago and it was something about like walking around a pothole and that like every, you know, you used to fall into the pothole and then every day you start like either walking around it and then actually one day you just take a completely different route and you don't need to walk around the pothole anymore and I guess that's similar to like you know initially you might have these triggers to overeat and initially you might have to make a conscious effort to walk around that pothole or to like avoid overeating and really put a lot of effort into that and then over time once you've done that consistently enough you'll just start taking a different route and you won't have to think about that anymore and those like urges won't come up to the same extent and you'll know how to deal with them and you'll know how to just sit with them yeah I think it, I uh, yeah and we say this all the time like what's, you, what's the alternative you do it quicker but you do it over and over and over again for the next 10 years we take a little bit longer and do it once in a year <laughs> yeah and also it's not quicker is it because no. it's going to take you the rest of your life of doing yo-yo dieting yeah okay okay Pamela George Morning. This is round three. Big success for me, especially mentally. My relationship with food is normal for the first time in 30 years. This is exactly what we're talking about. This is all down to you and I am forever grateful. No longer have sausage legs. (laughs) (laughs) This start was so good and serious then at the end. No sausage legs. Also, just to point this out, 
we are the eagles right which are guiding you on your way you are doing the walk like you're walking up the mountain that's not us we're not sherpas we're not carrying you up the mountain but we're eagles guiding you but and the, the reason like i'm joking about that but like the reason i think that's so important is that it gives you autonomy like you did the hard work you absolutely put in the efforts to do this stuff like we can't do that for you we can just support you and guide you as you do the hard work yeah agree okay we're up to date okay sam big hi so you get into the gym one day and for some reason you just feel weak and exhausted not do a rest day fueled right etc should you drop the weight and crack on sorry guys i'm yawning a lot today it's not personal should you drop the weight and crack on should you keep the weight and drop the reps should you give in and go home this rarely happens to me and i'm super consistent with everything so i'm unsure whether to push through on these occasions or listen to my body yelling at me to stop emma do you want to start with that i'm just going to check something i think um i think it probably depends like one if you're saying this is very rarely happens maybe you just need an extra rest day two i would like the full context of this like what's the situation around that have you had a really stressful day at week have you not slept well the night before are you already doing five workouts a week and this is your sixth workout in which case i'd be like don't go to you know just miss it or if you go in and you find you're really weak maybe just do a little bit of a walk on the treadmill and then go home or do some stretching or some core or something and then go home um I think it really depends like there's not like a right or wrong answer and the fact that it happens so rarely is obviously a good thing because you like it's a rarity I'll tell you exactly why it's happening (laughs) this is what I just wanted to go and check I wanted to look at numbers as well as what I was already gonna say Sam you're fucking shredded and this is now we are now five weeks into trying to get your calories up and you've been doing so well like you've got your calories up and I'm really happy um and basically so Sam's been on kind of like let me have a look here 16 to 18,000 steps a day which is a really high step count number one uh number two Sam does four to five sessions a week and all you have to do is look at her physique for less than a tenth of a second and see that the girl trains fucking hard period there's, there's not it's not up for debate um she trains like a beast clearly like her, she's got the physique that proves it three her calories have been going between 17 to 1900 now all of these things of themselves are one thing entirely when you put all this together and under the umbrella of this girl is shredded. I mean, like shreds. You are tired. <laughs> you're underfueled. You say that you're well fueled. And I, I understand why you would think that. But if you look at your body composition, you're not. Um, you need to be getting your calories up. That's why. And if I were you, Sam, I've told her to, to, to come up to 2100 calories now. 2100 calories and I would take a good few consecutive days if not a full week away from training and just hit your steps whatever um and give your body a little bit of respite give your body a little bit of time to recover because you're going to find that your training is going to start to suffer your energy is going to start to suffer your sleep's going to start to suffer your body's going to start to suffer uh and you you just you need to pull back a little bit even if it's just temporarily give yourself a week higher calories and then get back to training that would be my advice for you 
but also don't get back to doing the same thing that got you in this burnout position in the first place I don't think she's feeling burnt out. I think she's just feeling that ramification. You know, when you get really lean, I don't know if you- experience- Yeah, yeah, but this is what I mean. Like if you're mega lean, yeah. and like if she takes a week out and then goes back to the exact same thing she was doing before, no. the exact same thing's going to happen again. So I would like, I does it say how many times a week she's training? Four to five sessions a week. Hmm. Which is probably fine, but I, like, I would prefer like four really good sessions. And if your goal now is hypertrophy or like maintenance or is that, is that the goal? Yeah, she, she says maintenance is the goal. And the reason why she was confused and she kind of stayed as low as she was, despite the fact that she looks visibly leaner, is because her weight isn't changing. And I'm like, that, that when you're that lean, and we say this all the time, and I've had it with two of you this morning, two of you have had this exact conversation with Tracy as well, Tracy and Sam, both of you, just because your weight has stayed the same, if you are under 60 kgs, or if you are already of a very lean body composition, your weight isn't gonna change, but your body composition is. So you're not at maintenance. It's not just the scales we're looking at. Your body, both of you, I've looked at both of you this morning. You're not at maintenance at, at all, not by any stretch of the imagination. Just because oh, your weight on the scale is stable, it's because you don't have any body fat to lose. That's it. Yeah, agreed. So when you come back to training after having a bit of a break, I would make sure that you are really fueling those workouts. And <clears throat> something <clears throat> something that really helps here as well from like a psychological point of view is going and doing a little bit of, I mean, you can you can message me and I'll send you this post, but doing just going and looking at the graph around overtraining or basically training stimulus. So you'll notice that you get a training stimulus and an adaptation response to that. If you're not fueling yourself, if you're not giving yourself enough time to recover between those workouts and enough fuel to recover, you're starting at a lower performance level for your next workout. Like you will not adapt as well. And it sounds to me like you're in an what if you go and look at this graph, you'll see what I mean, an overreaching phase. And what we don't want to happen is you to push into like an overtraining phase where actually your performance starts to drop because your body can't adapt to that. So that's I would really just, just be careful of that. That's a really good idea to put up a graph to show people. Like, there's one really good one that I use as well on mass of the fitness fatigue ratio. Once your fatigue is at a point, your fitness is not coming back up. You have to take a break. Um, so, very, really good idea. I definitely think we sh- you should upload that. Okay, right. Lucy, hello, girls. Will I ever get muscle definition on my lower body? I've been with you since round two, so over a year. Upper body has responded, but lower body hasn't. Just started HRT, which I hope will help, but not on testosterone yet. Doc thought maybe I should. Which hormone has the biggest effect on muscle hypertrophy? And do you think I'm doing something wrong or I'm just a slow responder? Two to three workouts a week, gym for the last three months, home workouts before that. I feel I'm running out of steam. Lucy, there's so many things here. Look, I never really get well, actually, that's a lie. When I went really extreme, I got a lean lower body, but it's always the last place to go for me. And to be honest, for most women, it tends to be where we store most of our body fat. So if you're looking for like shredded quads, it might be quite an unrealistic goal unless you want to compete in bodybuilding or something. And then there's a huge cost to the fact that you're getting relatively lean quads. So that's one consideration. I do think HRT will help in regards to which hormone has the biggest impact on building muscle it would be testosterone but estrogen also has an impact 
So if you're perimenopausal and you've not been taking HRT and you've obviously your, your estrogen levels have dropped, then that will have an impact on your ability to build muscle. So it, you taking HRT, which I assume is, is estrogen to start with, then um, that will have a benefit to your ability to build muscle. You may want to go on testosterone as well, but that would obviously be a, a consideration for your doctor. And I wouldn't be going on it like primarily to build muscle, but it can, it can be beneficial, but it has to be the right dose or you end up getting androgynous features. I mean, who doesn't want a deep voice and an Adam's apple? Well, I mean, I sound very androgynous. <laughs> you don't. You've always had quite like a sexy, low, husky voice. Some of us sound like children, so... And do you know what? I was speaking to Hannah about this yesterday. There's a lot of research on lower voices uh, being seen as more authoritarian. And I think it's because you sound more like a man. Yeah, I would agree. And then she also said, which is an interesting point I hadn't considered, is that when people are stressed or anxious or worried, their voice goes up. So actually, if you want someone who's calming and reassured and like knows themselves, then you associate that more with a lower tone than like a high pitched tone. Yeah, that's how I know James is lying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're lying, fucking idiot. Um, yeah, I, everything Emma said. Three things to take into account um, in terms of I'm working really hard and I'm not seeing muscle definition. One is your training throughout the course of the week and your calories and your macros, specifically protein, set up to really fucking hammer muscle growth, number one. Number two, um, if you are not new to training and or you don't have loads of body fat to lose, um, you are, hang on, what did I just say? Sorry. (laughs) This depends which way. It depends which way I come into this. It depends which way I tackle it. Oh, okay. It. I if thought you were just like, I have no idea. If you are not new to training and you don't have loads of body fat to lose, I hate to tell you, but you probably are going to have to spend a concerted time in a muscle building phase, which means you avoid getting lean and you really fucking focus on maybe a smidge of body fat, maybe not i don't know you know we don't need to put pull your calories really high but getting lean is not on the agenda it's build 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 that's the second thing and the third thing is if we all as emma said all women kill the majority um of our body fat on our lower bodies it's how we're built and it's it's not a bad thing it's a good thing for various reasons depending on what lens you're looking at it through um you're gonna have to get if you and especially if you're and I, I don't like saying this I don't like doing this to women but you all know what I mean so let's all stop pretending that we're really sensitive because we're not all really sensitive quote unquote pear-shaped if you are pear-shaped you're gonna really struggle to get lean enough to see muscle definition on your lower body that is why there's a whole bodybuilding division set up for pear-shaped girls called the wellness division there's a there's a division set up they won't place in bikini because they can't get lean enough on their lower body and it's not fair because they're fucking shredded everywhere else so there is a level of can i even get that lean where i see that definition if the answer is no fuck it body acceptance go with it like i say this all the time it's my favorite fucking body shape on women i love it you have to embrace it and if the answer is like yeah i could get that lean then you have to ask yourself is it worth it because i'll tell you now when you have a fucking and i've only had it once once a glute hamstring tie-in you know that you're lean life is pretty shit 
um yeah yeah and it's not maintainable no no it's you want to have like a, a decent quality of life and I think the other issue is you often get so lean up up top that you don't yeah. look great it looks beautiful. Yeah. Lower body, you're like, oh yeah, but like I've got quite lean legs that no one ever sees. But sure. And also, you only even see that tie in in a certain positions doing certain things. You don't sound like if you're just standing up doing nothing in a bikini. Like no, no, you have to be looking for. It. You have to be pushing for it. Like so, you have to ask yourself all these questions. But yes, obviously, the the the, the final fact. I don't know if I addressed this first. My brain is absolutely not working. Um, it's, it's hormones. But Emma's covered that. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> life is so hard for me today lucy's probably like what are you talking about i don't want a glute ham tone i just want slightly you know like i mean i do i have to say i do get definition on, on my quads but i'm not i don't have that pear-shaped look which is why my waist never gets tiny and i really struggle to see my abs so yeah, what- the thing is i like i don't have any sh- like i'm not pear-shaped i'm just up and down right but i still struggle to get lean lower body yeah, I mean, most women do. But this is the thing as well that I could easily be like, oh, how come at a higher body fat percentage that person's got abs and I have like fat rolls like standing up? And it's like, well, but we're the same. And it's like, because we're built differently. We store body fat differently. We're all different. That's it, you know, and all of you should probably be looking at these like physique goals you have and asking yourself, one, is it realistic for my body type? Am I wasting my mental energy here obsessing over this thing? And two, if the answer is yes, is it worth it for my lifestyle? Is it really worth it? Because also like with body composition as well, over time, we don't have to sacrifice as much. It takes a lot longer. You have to be a lot more patient, but we can start to change your overall shape, physique, body fat storage. But that's a really long-term approach. Whereas do you just want to get shredded and see your quads or see your abs or whatever? In which case it's probably going to be short-lived. Yeah, I think a really good point to make as well is you will never look like anybody else. Like yeah. if you're like, oh, I really want to get legs like Chloe, like they will never look like hers, ever. Like yours will look completely different. At, and as, as Chloe's saying, at the same body fat, even at the same body composition, even if you've got the exact same amount of muscle mass and the exact same amount of fat mass, because that looks different on everyone. If you've got some goal of, I want to look like X bikini athlete or X blah, 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 you will never look like that. You will look like you in a lean body, which is great and might even be better than what you expected, but you'll never look like that person. I know. And you see it even with them, even their physiques next to each other. One of them's got a smaller waist. One of them's got a bigger butt. One of them's got more capped shoulders. A really important thing guys to remember is like genetics of muscle, like insertion points. Who was it? Mark Carroll put up a post the other day of a girl who basically has such tiny glute insertion points that she's just got this like bubble butt. Like it looks like you've just like stuck a butt on her. Like it's mad. Like it's incredible genetics. It's incredible glute genetics. And it, and and he does like a body transformation. And I mean, I'm half wondering. I don't I don't know how much of it is growth and how much of it is her muscle insertion points. I don't know because she's genetic and you see this with shoulders. So if you were to measure the entirety of the muscle in the shoulder for someone who has a longer insertion point, 
that they could have more muscle there. But if someone's got really short insertion points and they have this big bubble, like a fist on their, on their delt, it looks like they've got way bigger muscle, but you measure it across and it's not bigger. Yeah, and like no one talks about this kind of thing and uh, because it's so specific to the bodybuilding world, but I do think it applies to gem pop when they, like Emma said, when they look at other people and they're like, I want to look like her. It's like, you're never going to look like her. What you should be saying is how can I ha like have, if you're really into physique, if, Okay, not a blanket statement. All of you should be asking yourself this question. Well, I think more broadly, yeah. Like, how can I have a physique, best. like the best version of my own physique? Yeah, and, and not everyone, because not everyone cares about that. But if, if you do have that goal, how can I be the best version of me? Like, what, what can I enhance? What can I work on? And yeah, and I think everyone needs to think about who was it? Um, we, we, we don't like talking about him because he's quite a controversial character, but Brett Contreras. I heard him years ago on a podcast. He once had told a story that really had me laughing. And I was really happy that he, of all people, told this story that, you know, some girl came into him and showed him this photo of this like random girl on Instagram who had like 10 million followers and was like, okay, you're the glute guy. I want glutes like this. And showed him this photo of this girl with this like perfect, like this one that Mark Carroll posted about the other day, like tight, high, perfect bubble butt glute that he'd like never seen before. And he was like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> and he was basically like, I don't go up to people and show them a photo of Ronnie Coleman and say, make me look like him. It, it's the most ridiculous thing. Like take a step outside of yourself and it's the most ridiculous thing. All you can do is say, I wanna have the best butt I can have. What do I need to do? That's it. Like the, and that, and yeah, that's when you really- And this like from another angle is why you shouldn't just follow people's advice because of the way they look. They look, yeah. If you're like, especially in this situation, like if you're looking at someone who's got incredible glutes or like incredible shoulders and you're like, oh, what do you do for glutes and shoulders? A lot of the time they'll be like, nothing. Yeah. Or, or they, they, or they, you know, they always had great glutes before they started training glutes because it was like a genetic thing. Of course, especially glutes. For example, like I do nothing for abs. No, no like direct. Well, I mean, like now and again, I'll do like rollouts or like raises or something. But they don't look any different because I do those things. No, no. And yeah, everyone, everyone needs to think on that. And actually what would probably be much more impressive is someone who had like a pretty flat ass or like no shoulders and then manage to grow some decent shoulders or like a decent bum as opposed to someone who's like always looked that way that's why I think in like an athletics realm as well the best athletes don't make the best coaches because often the best athletes are so naturally talented that they've never re like yeah sure they might train hard but like they skills come so naturally to them or whatever the sport is it was probably so natural to them that they maybe didn't have to work as hard as someone who only ever got to mediocre level yeah. but is actually really good at coaching because they know how to teach that essentially because they've had to taught themselves how you look and how good you are at, or how how you are at how good you are at something versus how good you are at helping other people achieve something are two completely different categories and not to be confused this is why I always post photos of my ass and I find it really cringeworthy that I do it, but I do it because I am flat pancake butt girl whoop, who grew just a smidge of an ass at the right angle in the right clothing. Like that, that's it. Like, and I'm so fucking proud of it. And I use my ass to illustrate like long-term training. Like James always say, why are you so thirsty? I'm like, because that took me so much time and energy to build. Which Emma's right. Like 
have you been to Brazil? Like, I haven't. All my male friends have. They've sent me the photos of all the girls out there. Those girls are not training their art, like the training their ass on. They are not. That is genetic. Yeah. Yeah. Have you? Although been to- I do think, like, so you know the whole saying, like, as a PT, you are your own business card. Like, I hate that. I don't think you need to be like shredded, but I think there's an element. Like, you need to be in some kind of shape more to not because of how you look but because of what that means in terms of your actions like if Chloe and I were saying to all of you go to the gym make sure you feel yourself well eat lots of fruit and veg get in enough protein sleep enough journal blah 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 and then we were like oh we don't do any of that (laughs) like it would like that's why a personal trainer needs to be in shape like and they don't need to be in shape but they need to practice those behaviors that they're preaching to other people and if you practice what you preach as a byproduct of that which is the important part then you normally are relatively in shape and that looks different for everyone like we've just been talking about that might be abs for some people it might not be for others it might but like relatively speaking yeah you're not out of shape at least well yeah and that ties into what we were saying a couple of lives ago when I was having my rant about PTs not acting like they work in health and fitness and it's like I admit that I drink I talk about the fact that I love wine like I'm really not right now <laughs> just to be clear. um I'm really open about that and I and I don't see that as something which is uh you know negatively impacting either my career nor my own trajectory my own journey with health and fitness um maybe in an acute sense when I'm hungover but not generally big picture long term but then there is such a thing as just being like you know, I do whatever the fuck I want and working in health and fitness. And it's like, why are you here? And like, and also it's like, it's also like that everyone started following you for help and you're not helping. Um, But yeah, I completely agree with Emma. Like it's, but that's the pitfall that I fell into for so long. I have to be, I have to look a certain way. And it's just just a caveat that as well. Like if you're injured or there's a certain reason, just because I know what like, there will be people that listen to this and they're like, well, you know, I got out of shape. Yeah, I got out of shape with my back injury as well. But like that kind of stuff, fine. But I mean, generally practicing what you preach. Will... Yeah, no, completely. completely. Yeah. You should. You absolutely should practice what you preach. I say that all the time. Practice what you preach or don't preach it at all. And and the, but this is the, there's such a thing as going too far. So like this is the pitfall that I fell into where all of a sudden it was just everything became about how I looked and it, all of us and it went the other and I started to become really unhealthy in the other way. But I caught it very quickly and I came out of it very quickly. But Emma's right. You know, you should be imagine if we were sat here telling you guys to, you know, try and make sure that you got your steps in. It was so important for overall health while we were just lying on the sofa, which I feel like it looks like I do. <laughs> lying on the sofa, eating popcorn every day like that is like your point just there about like it got a little bit too far and then I realized it and I changed and blah 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 that's also practicing what you preach yeah because that's what we preach right we're like have balance I want you to be able to go out for meals and stuff if we were saying all that and then we were like oh but we never do like we never drink we never go out for meals we never eat anything quote quote off plan then that also wouldn't be practicing what we preach that's right and the lately in the in the fitness industry I feel like things have gotten a bit too oh I'm gonna say it and I sound awful but don't take any of my words too literally I'm just trying to I'm just trying to illustrate I'm trying to vocalize what I'm saying I feel like things have gotten a bit too dramatic and a little bit too and I don't mean look if you if you're coming from a really 
a really bad history, a really bad history with food and a really bad relationship with your body. And you need actually some psychological help in that. And you also need the right coach to to kind of help coach you through a lifestyle approach while you're doing your therapy at the same time. And I think that would be the, the preferred option. And I have referred many, 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 many clients who have a bad history with eating or a bad relationship with their body to a coach who is going to better fit their lifestyle approach in terms of their approach to diet and exercise. And also therapists, like I've sent websites to clients and said, you need, this is not for me. I do think that there is that there is that bracket. And then there is that kind of thought process of coaching and approach of coaching for that bracket, which is now being projected onto the masses of women. And I don't think it's appropriate at speaking as somebody who um, did go too far and did pull it back and now has a really nice relationship with the gym, my you know activity throughout the day, food, drinking, social life, like it's being projected onto them of like, you have a really fucked up relationship with food. You shouldn't be tracking. You need full this to do this and you should come away from this and accept that you're gonna gain X amount of body fat. And I'm like, this is all very dramatic. And actually, and I, and I posted about this this morning on, on, on Instagram in, 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 a, in a completely different context, but I'm kind of saying the same thing. Actually, for most women, not all, for most women, you have to look at it like, you have a goal and here's what you have to do for your goal. But also we need to take into account psychology. Do you need a bit of a break? Should we come away from fat loss for a while? Should we do this? Should we do that? What are the approaches? How are we going to rebuild a happy, healthy relationship with food and your body? You don't have to project onto everybody that they are a victim. And it that's know, exactly what I just wrote, projection. Yeah, it's just yeah. like... No, and it's not helping. And the funny thing is, is that the reason we got into this situation in the first place, and I say this all the time and I will keep fucking saying it, is because we separated the two. Here's what you have to do to get in shape. And then here's what you have to do if you're struggling with your relationship and food and you need to come away from dieting. Actually, we're still doing it by separating the two all the time. What we should have started doing, and then we never would have had to get over here, is immediately marry the two and immediately go in with, here's what you have to do to get your goals. Oh, and by the way, we do not want this happening as a result. So here's what we have to do en route to bleed in reality and body acceptance and, and food enjoyment. And the fact that comfort eating, and I've said this before, is part of being human. We have to come together now. And I just am still seeing everybody pulling the each side of it. And it's like, that's not the answer. Do you think that, and I, like, I think you can, but I noticed this with like, I would say almost all fitness professionals have at some point gone too far to then come back to the middle ground I think you have to yeah and it's like I mean I wouldn't go so far as to say you have to but I would say it's probably the norm and like it's the exception that someone doesn't do that and hopefully you know what happens is you push a little bit too far like maybe what the client we were just talking about was like pushing towards overtraining and not fueling yourself enough and then being like okay now I know that that was too much I'm going to rein it in again and come back to the middle ground like that's kind of the approach we need to take but I, I do agree with you I think a lot of people now stagnate and pathologize everything and feel like they need to do all this stuff without actually taking any action and actually you learn the most by living through it and yeah. and by doing things like journaling or like if you want to go to therapy therapy but like journaling is kind of like a form of therapy like I'm noticing these behaviors oh, in myself therapy. I'm noticing these feelings in myself and I'm writing them down and I'm learning about myself and how I respond to certain things and my thought processes around them. And so much of this, like the whole of dieting, 
like the impact, the negative impact it can potentially have on you is so much to do with your approach to it. If you're saying this is a choice, like I am choosing, I just did a post about this. In fact, I haven't posted it yet, but like a good example of this might be approaching your diet over this weekend. Like it's the Jubilee weekend, right? You could either be saying, I'm not going to have five scones, 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 whatever, (laughs) because um but, and I feel so restricted by that because I'm on a diet and I can't have them and I'm missing out on them and blah 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 or you could be saying I'm choosing not to have those because they don't align with my goals at the moment and then highlighting to yourself the benefits of not having them oh I'm one step closer to my goal as opposed to highlighting to yourself which is where most people go look at all that I'm missing out on I'm not having 10 beers and like however much food and blah 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 you, most people focus on what they're missing out on not what they're gaining from making that choice and if as soon as you start approaching things like that it completely changes everything like dieting is a choice that you get to make and your mindset around it will dictate whether it's a really empowering experience or a really restrictive imp- experience that you absolutely resent yeah and two things on that. I absolutely love that and you fucking nailed it two things on that is that when I said I think you almost have to go through it I think you have to, as a professional who works in health and fitness, at some point realize, even if you even if you never got shredded, you know, you didn't kill yourself in the gym, but even if you never got to that point, but there, there, there will come a point where the penny drops mentally, where you're like, actually, I don't have to look mega in shape to be good at my job. And that does happen because I think that even if you start right from, I think most people are thinking, oh, you know, if I'm going to become a PT, I better, I mean, it must occur to most people. And I think you kind of, once you're on the job and you're doing the job and you start to realize very quickly whether or not you're good at it and where you need to get better, um, you realize quite quickly that that really has nothing to do <laughs> to do with, with how successful your clients are. And Emma, you just literally articulated, this is something I said to one of my wontons this morning. I said verbatim, there's nothing unenjoyable about having mostly control and a smidge of freedom with your daily, weekly diet intake, unless you choose to see it like that. I'm actually really happy that you've had a great week of implementing tracking in your routine meals. And you've also had a lot more free moments to enjoy yourself. And you do know that if we took the pressure off dieting, you would be doing that anyway naturally and happily it's all about perspective and this is true and this is a client I've had for a long time but it's so true like if you already know what you should be doing and you kind of want to take care of your body you would be doing these things anyway when you have like a goal and like a fat loss goal it's almost like your perspective kind of changes into this like victim mentality of being like why can't I just do whatever I want it's like you probably would be doing that anyway we maybe just need to move closer you can do whatever you want, but yeah. you can't do whatever you want and lose body and fat. Like, yeah. And, it and I don't get why people feel such like victims to that when in other situations you've like, well, yeah, obviously it's like, well, yeah, you, you can spend money on whatever you want, but then you won't have any left to do this with it. Exactly. And that's it. And, and it comes down. Yes. You know, there are certain things that need to be, I, I always use this phrase, it's really like tightened up. Like you maybe need to be a bit more dialed into what like your decision making. You maybe need to track a little bit better, especially if you have a coach for our for our help, for our ease of coaching you, than you would if you didn't have that goal. That's true. 
But you wouldn't be swaying too, too far away from it anyway. I mean, you know, the all or nothing mentality is something else that we're talking about entirely. But for people who are already like kind of aware of what they should and shouldn't be doing with their daily diet or their weekly diet, like if they have a big blowout one day, they don't carry on for the rest of the week. It wouldn't be that different anyway. It's just perspective. I completely agree. Make the post, Emma. Post the post. I've, I've already, it's already on a wheel. Just, <laughs> just, um, I think I think you're right in that like sometimes when you just take the pressure away you're like oh well I would be making these choices anyway and now I'm not telling myself I have to I'm just choosing to do it and I, that's part of the mindset approach that we try and instill with you guys around dieting like that can be what holds you back is you telling yourself I have to do this I'm on a diet now I can't do xyz I have to do this thing instead of saying it's always a choice yeah okay Rant. <laughs> I know I also think the whole thing about like letting as a personal trait you were saying like the pressure that you put on yourself to stay in shape I think as soon as you get like even just relatively out of shape you're freed from that yeah and I think it's true with so many things in life like to make it more relatable to our clients like anything that you're labeling yourself as that you interpret other people to find important in you as soon as you take that label away and realize that nothing changes like it's so freeing to then be like well okay now I can choose to be in shape if I want to be in shape but I don't have to be in shape and you don't feel controlled by that yeah I couldn't agree more right Michelle morning just a quick one I've been a bit rubbish with my workouts I'm doing 70k steps over the week and I'm keeping to my calories my weight is still over 100 kilograms but I've just put on a pair of dungarees and they are loose which to be honest is a fantastic thing I know being over 50, it's going to take time to lose. But that is a fantastic non-scale victory. Thank you, ladies. Love it. Love it. Nothing worse than a pair of tight dungarees. I would. I don't think I've ever worn dungarees. I don't think I'm cool enough to like pull it off. Neither am I. I wear loads of dungarees. Yeah, but when you we- are. Like, you're no. cool. No. No, we work in health and fitness. By default, we're not cool. <laughs> Okay. Like, like the one who works in health and fitness is cool. But yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think about it. Give me one person. Even people I really love. Sean up- Stafford. No, are you joking? Sean Stafford is not cool. Well, but he's stylish. Uh... <laughs> okay, moving on. Right. <laughs> Hi, ladies. Made alive. Quick question about bench press. After my set, someone at the gym came over and said that my I'm left side dominant. <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <Not great. laughs> Give him the left finger and tell him to on. <laughs> and that I should think about the right side more when lifting. I was a little confused. I do film myself and notice that the bar is ever so slightly slanted, especially on the eccentric. Is this something I need to worry about? Sorry if that, just, that doesn't make sense. Many thanks. Makes absolute sense. And, and most people do have a dominant side so normally like especially if you're lifting like to close to failure one of your arms will go first like on bench press it's less obvious if you're using the bar but if you're using dumbbells you'll find that like one of your arms is slightly stronger than the other it's really 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 <laughs> I'm just putting myself in that this is the kind of thing that makes me rage I hate people telling me what to do <laughs> like without me asking them yeah, we like, know, like, oh sorry I've noticed <laughs> oh, this left is my issue. dominant there. 
I said when I was like, you need to take that. I was like, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you. I have I have other professional people that I'm asking for help here. Fuck off. Um, no, this is really, really, really normal. You'll see in all my books, every time you see me in a military press, <laughs> the bar's like, because <laughs> like, one of my arms is longer than the other. It's really, really normal. Um, if, if you don't feel like it's niggly, if you don't feel like it's tricky for you, um, in terms of like in the lift itself or the recovery thereafter aka you're not at risk of injury it's very normal to have one leg slightly longer than the other or one arm slightly longer than the other i really wouldn't worry about it and that would really annoy me um oh emma i was gonna go to the post do you want to see if there's anything on the live Okay, we've got one more question. Um, Hello, Sarah here. I asked a question last week about my feeder mum and how I manage when I visit. Thanks for your advice. It helped me work out how to manage it. Just wanted to add, when I got on, when I got on Wednesday, maybe it's when I got there on Wednesday, it was early evening. My mum said to me, okay, we are going to eat at 6 p.m. as that helps with weight loss. I laughed so much. She's a nurse and I said, no mum, it's all about calories didn't annoy just didn't annoy me I just laughed feeling I can manage the jubilee celebrations on my terms great okay we'll just see it can I just say imagine if there was a magic window where you were just like it's fine I'll eat whatever I want from 5 to 5 30 because nothing will happen (laughs) god every I mean it would be it would be a big money maker Emma if we could make that happen we could make that happen (laughs) (laughs) um okay lauren fensom hi ladies i'm just finishing up week three this is two weeks ago and i love the more challenges the more challenging exercises doing the home weighted workouts with deadlifts to get to failure quickly where do i hold pulse no you don't with the deadlift unless you're doing like an rdl which is fine but not with a standard deadlift it's not that kind of movement Um, I could do with heavier weights. I'm currently using a 10 kg kettlebell, but I have to make do for the next couple of weeks. Okay, so we'll just address that. Yes, you need heavier weights. A deadlift isn't any kind of real power lift isn't the kind of, well, no, I wouldn't do it with a deadlift, much like I wouldn't do it with a bench press. Um, So there's that. You you do need to get heavier weights if it's not challenging you. Um, also, I don't want to sync my fitness power with my PT hub because I only go into my PT hub when I work out. Do I need to do this? Uh, I haven't. Heard. No, no, no. You, so no, sorry. So no. Yeah. So uh, my PT hub, you if it, if I were you as a client, I would just use it for workouts, too. I wouldn't. But a lot of you like to use it to track certain things, you know, measurements, photos, whatever weights lifted. Fine. Totally fine. We don't you don't have to do that. What? <laughs> nothing. What? What? Nothing. Just, just waiting for the next question. Okay, fine. I was, <laughs> anyway, I was speaking to someone yesterday and she was saying that her daughter and all of her daughter's friends are in the house because it's the bank holiday weekend. Um, and that all they do is just walk around spraying impulse and it really made me laugh. Do you remember impulse? Yeah, what was the other one? Like Charlie Black. I don't remember that one. It's like some, I don't know. Was it the budget impulse? <laughs> yeah, sure, what probably. Knowing me, yeah, probably. 
anything else? Um, right, I'm sorry, but I don't know how to say this name. Is it Ianeth? I don't know. Sounds like a name you would know and I wouldn't know. It's like Ian and then T-H-E. I don't know, but I like it. It sounds yeah. very Game of Thrones. Anyway, she's saying about the bench press. Um, I must admit, I was a little annoyed as I hit a PB and kind of put a damper on it. Not one for unsolicited advice. It's still a PB. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fuck, fuck that comment. It's really, We all have like random limbs that are this much that they're different than the other one. Can we just like make this rule? Unless somebody says, can you help me with, can you have advice for me? Please don't give people advice because there are psychos like me who get really ragey about it how are you with it emma when people are like emma you should do that i just can't handle it i don't it rarely happens to me i hate it i'm like i do uh i think someone once told me and i was like like useless piece of advice i don't know if they just wanted to talk to me but they were like i was doing cable flies and they were like make sure when you're halfway through you swap your legs over as in, like, you know, you put like one oh, foot yeah, forward. forward. Yeah. I was like, all right, yeah, well. That's what I mean. I just... Come on, come on. Give some. If you're gonna give unsolicited advice, I think if something's dangerous, you could always ask, like, I don't know, or if someone looks unsure, like, are you okay there? Well, like, oh, I don't know. And then, and then they can be like, yeah, I'm fine. And you can be like, okay, have a nice day. Or they might be like, oh, I'm not really sure how to use this. Like, I did that with women who didn't know how to use the the lap pull down and like nobody was helping her and I was like looking around for PTs and and she looked looked really confused I was like are you okay and she was like I don't really know like what how to use this fine but I wasn't like side Jennifer let me show you there's this new PT at my gym I won't say which one it is and he's new and he was teaching a girl how to squat the other day and I was like it was all I could do, Emma, and I was in a bad mood anyway, which is my go-to setting now I'm pregnant. It was all I could do not to go over there and be like, your form is complete, and basically just completely intercept the, the she was going to get hurt. And I was like, what is he doing? That's the tough part. Like I was doing a workout, this was a while ago, and I was like listening to this PT talk about the paleo diet and how it's the only way that, you know, like this is how your ancestors ate, this is what you should be eating, you should never eat like processed food, you shouldn't eat this, this and this, cutting all this stuff out of the diet. And I was just like, like, it's not my place to say, right? I'm not just going to butt into a conversation there. But I was like, what if, when it's detrimental to someone like that situation, when you're like, you might hurt yourself squatting like that, or yeah. you will fuck up your relationship with food taking this advice yeah you are kind of like oh but imagine my ex went in and was like this guy doesn't know what he's talking about this is the person that you're paying to be your personal trainer I mean, you're paying someone and I was watching this first form and I was just like that it's a matter of time before you are completely you are not setting foot in this gym again like it was so bad and I and I know people put listening will be like well why didn't you go over and it's like it's not your place like I would have said something to that girl had I then seen her in the changing room or something and like nodded at her and she's like hi I don't don't know maybe not he's a piece of shit don't go near him yeah or just like do you I don't know yeah it's hard I swear to god that I no I'm not even gonna say that 
Okay. Um, right. So I have to drive to London. Yay. <laughs> um, Yay. Right. We've got one more question. Can we do it? Okay. Yeah, go. Hello, girls. What are the best shoulder exercises in your opinion? I try to include shoulder work three times a week. It feels like my triceps and biceps are growing disproportionately. Thank you. For me, lateral raises and shoulder press. Yeah, of course. I mean, you want to hit this, this three delt muscles you want to hit. You're superior, so that's a press. Any press, single arm, machine, military, don't care. Any press. Um, your um, lateral, so again, lateral raises, cables, dumbbells, that's pretty much it. <laughs> pretty much all you can do. Um, and then your posterior delt, so any row, like a close row. Um, so I would do like probably in terms of that, maybe what would you say, am I single arm bent over row? Or maybe um, rear pec, um, sorry, rear delt flies. <laughs> well, yeah, pec deck reverse <laughs> flies. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The reason I didn't mention rear delts is kind of because you hit them in on back day so That's much. So a lot of people will see on sh shoulders, they'll leave out that for back day because you're going to hit them. I normally them do something like some kind of pull apart. Pull -apart. But yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's it. One, two, three, done. And and again, I, I posted, put this on my stories the other day when someone asked me about biggest client misconceptions. You know, we always say to having to change a training plan. Like there's three, there's three shoulder muscles to hit. That there's that's how to hit them. There's nothing fancy about it. It works. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay, right. Have a safe trip to London. Hope everyone has a lovely Jubilee weekend. Bye.